As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Matt Goldman. I'm Joelle Steiniger. And I'm Michael Saka. Today we talked to Herbert and Vicky of the app WiseBanion. What'd you guys think? I thought it was great to learn about the regulatory issues that you face when you're building out a financial services company. Um, the cost of getting started and the complexity is so much harder than your average tech startup. And it was interesting to hear what the roadblocks were that they've hit so far. Yeah, and it's just one more example of how it's getting easier to, uh, I guess, get in the investing game. They said a huge percentage of their customers are under the age of 35, um, and I totally see that it's just really neat to see all the 
the barriers to entry coming down. So uh, let's get into it. We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Hover makes purchasing and managing your domain simple and easy. This week, I talked to George Diab of Working On about what his Hover account really means to him. Yeah, it's a, it's a roadmap of your of your dreams. It does become, become yeah, yeah. It really you does. Never let them go. No, I can't. They were. I put up a few for sale, and I just. I don't want. I don't want to sell them. Yeah. I want to keep That's them true. forever. I know. Go to hover.com and use the code Satisfied Customers to get ten percent off your domain purchase today. Alligator. You know what a gator is? Alligator. It's like an alligator. Alligator. Do it again. Yes. No. Oh, HostGator makes web hosting easy and affordable. With packages starting at just $3.96 a month, it's the easiest way to get your next project online. Go to HostGator forward slash promo forward slash rocketship to get 30% off today. CodeShip is a hosted continuous delivery service focusing on speed, security, and customizability. You can set up continuous integration in a matter of seconds and automatically deploy when your tests have passed. CodeShip supports both your GitHub and Bitbucket projects, and you can get started with CodeShip's free plan today. Should you decide to go with a premium plan, you can save 20% off of any plan for the next three months by using code ROCKETSHIP. Go to CodeShip.com slash ROCKETSHIP and check it out. So start off, kind of tell us what is WiseBanyan. Sure. So WiseBanyan is the world's first free financial advisor. Our mission is really helping people reach their financial goals. And that really starts with being able to invest as early as possible, as easy as, as possible, and trying not to pay very much in fees. And that's the real reason why when we started, it's no fees. It's free for anyone to use. And there's no minimums, which means if you're 25, you're 30, and you want to start, you could start today or start tomorrow, open a $10 account and get everything up and running. Everything's online that links to your bank account. And you can start you know, reaching your financial goals, and we do all the work for you. Wow. Okay. So tell me a bit about the, the process. It's like I, I sign up for an account, mm-hmm. and I want to make a $20 investment. Sure. What does it look like? So what we tr- what we try to do is replicate what a good financial advisor would do for you in person. So we ask a lot of questions about who you are. Are you investing for the long term or are you investing for something that might be coming up in two years? Are you a millionaire who's investing $10 or are you investing substantially all of your savings? And then behaviorally, we look, are you someone who's valuing returns over minimizing risk or is your real goal to, uh, or are you simply not comfortable um, going with a higher risk portfolio in order to try to maximize your returns? So with that, we take the money that you invest, uh, we invest it seamlessly into a diversified portfolio. We use exchange traded funds, which allow you uh, broad diversification across thousands of stocks and bonds. Um, and we take care of any transactions, any deposits or withdrawals you have along the way. So tell me a little bit more about these exchange, exchange trade funds. Sure. Um, what are they? Can I invest <laughs> in them as, a, as an individual? Yeah. What, like, why, are, why did you pick those over, a, I don't know, a Mutual funds? Yeah, yeah, something different. Yeah. No, absolutely. So exchange traded funds are, they trade like a stock on an exchange. You could absolutely go to a broker and buy them yourself. Um, but what we make much more easy is kind of selecting the right one, selecting the right balance of them, and then handling all these smaller deposits and sweeping into there. So if you have a portfolio diversified with 10 exchange-traded funds, you might be looking at 
10 times $9 in trading fees per time or $90 every time you want to invest, whereas we can do that all for you for free. Okay. And so with the exchange-traded funds, what they really do is they give you incredible diversification across all these companies. And the idea behind that is, well, for a long time, people have thought they're going to buy the good companies. They're going to go out and say, oh, I'm going to buy Apple um, because this great company makes an excellent product. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a great investment. And what we find is behaviorally, as people, when we're going out and selecting our own stocks, we tend to really underperform the market simply because of poor timing, because of high fees we pay, or because of high tax consequences that we incur. What does it look like behind the scenes? <laughs> Are you guys actively keeping up with these trades and, and, and saying this is now a high risk, or is it algorithmic? Sure. So it's, it's a little bit of both, right? Uh, we have a huge decision engine behind everything we do. And that takes into account what Herbert talked about earlier. We ask you these questions. We figure out where you're comfortable with, what you're trying to do, and we take that into account. But then we also take into account every decision for your portfolio as we're rebalancing it. Say some, some of your holdings go up a lot and some go down a little bit. We want to bring it back into balance. We take the, that into account, too, and our decision engine also decides on a daily, monthly, weekly basis what it should do for your portfolio, and it'll bring it in line. If you, you know, set up a weekly auto deposit, a lot of people do that, you know, put $10, $50, $100 a week, a month. We take that into account, too. So when that comes in, we decide, what should we do with it? We want to put it into your portfolio, but what does that entail? What trades does that entail? And we do all that work behind the scenes. And this is all, this is algorithmic. It's automatic. Correct. It's just, yeah. okay. So the nerdy part, I don't actually program it. I make these big Excel spreadsheets <laughs> and then hand them off to our much more intelligent engineers who then take like this massive spreadsheet and distill it into like some very, 20 very elegant lines of code. Is this a spreadsheet you're making every month to kind of keep no, track? No, it's, it's, it's the algorithm that okay. then gets reused over and over and over again. Okay. And so what we look at, the algorithm looks at um, every portfolio, we come up with an ideal allocation and then your actual allocation. And your actual allocation can change as the market fluctuates or as you, if you want to withdraw money, um, your or if, excuse me, if you deposit money, you're going to have an extra cash in there. And so then we look at how far is your ideal allocation from your actual allocation. And then our decision engine makes those trades for you to get you back to where you need to be. So if I'm, I'm a customer, from what I understand, I can kind of select, I want low risk or high risk. Correct. Can you give me any insight into what, um, what kind of companies are, are considered the high risk investments and what are the low risk investments? Oh, so that's a really, really good question. If you look at our portfolios, we talked about, you know, the ETFs earlier. A lot of them hold, um, there's one, for example, called VTI, and it holds U.S. companies. And it's very broad across the market. So it'll hold Microsoft and Google, but also hold Home Depot. And it gives you exposure to every single company. You get to hold a tiny piece of all these companies. And the ETS we use are predominantly the same across the spectrum. It, what we do, though, is if you're, um, if you're looking for high returns versus if you're looking for high safety, we change the allocation of it. So you might have a lot more equities, a lot more stocks than bonds if you are looking for high returns versus if you're trying to use this for a safety net, we're going to really skew the allocation so that you have a lot more bonds or fixed income. And that's going to have lower returns, but a lot less volatility too. Okay. But for almost every single client, you hold the same spectrum and you're still holding a tiny piece of essentially thousands of companies. So on a very simple level, I mean, we're looking at a split between debt and equity and companies. Equity meaning you actually own a, a 
percentage, albeit a very small percentage of the company, and debt meaning you've, along with many other investors, have lent that company money that's just repaying you on a set schedule. So typically, debt's a much more a much safer investment. It's much higher on the capital structure. Um, if a company is going to go out of business, any money that they have left over will go to the debt holders before it goes to the equity holders, so it's much safer. Um, and also, the return stream is much more stable as it's simply just getting repaid a little bit every month. And the riskier the company, you know, similar to your friend who doesn't pay his credit card bill, if he wants to get a loan, he's going to pay a lot more, whereas you as a prime borrower will pay a lot less. The riskier companies will, will pay more um, in interest, uh, but across the spectrum, you're just paying a little, or the companies are paying a little bit every month. So the safer portfolios will be much more tilted towards that, just this, this steady repayment. But then the much more return-seeking portfolios will be shares in the actual company. So if all of a sudden the company goes up 200% overnight because they have some breakthrough, you'll participate in that upside. Wow. So are you guys seeing any trends of how much risk people are really willing to take on right now when, when it comes to investing? Um, because it seems like, you know, with all the tech investments particularly going on, you hear all the stories of people being in early on things and it's risky, but they have these um, huge upsides. And it seems like a lot of people uh, are pretty optimistic lately about their investments. Are you seeing that? Yeah, we, we absolutely are. Um, the one thing that we look at is uh, we look at a lot of behavior of our clients because while we decide the portfolios, they can dial up or dial down their risk. Um, and so we see people... We see people making a good amount of changes when there's volatility in the market. So if the market goes down, what's interesting is we see a lot of people, when the market goes down over a couple of days, dial up their risk because they're betting, hey, this is temporary, it's going to rebound. And then we see another cohort of people dialing down their risk because they're saying, oh, this is getting a little scary for me. Um, but we do, our clients are predominantly younger. Uh, 70% are under 35. So they are all very much appropriately in our minds, keeping their risk relatively high and their re- expected returns higher because they have a much longer time horizon. Yeah. And so with a lot of our clients, um, we think a lot about messaging, right? What Because even though we are doing all the work in terms of managing their investments, a lot of our clients, again, are younger and they also want to learn. They want to learn with us or through us. And so we do do a lot of educational work and that is focused a lot more in the long term. You know, regardless if the market goes up and down and it will go up and down and very few people, including us, could ever predict that. Um, but as it goes up and down, there's still long-term things you have to think about, right? So a lot of people are thinking about if you can still put $50 a month into your portfolio, it's going to go up and down. But now over a long-term, you're going to have a lot more money than you originally would have. So a lot of our education is focused on starting sooner, putting in some of those auto deposits, how that works over a long-term, regardless of what happens today or tomorrow. Interesting. Interesting. And is that a, is that a newer investment strategy, the weekly or monthly investing? Is or is that how people used to invest? Yeah, or? No, you're you're very much you're very much right. And like one of one of the coolest things about Wise Banyan, I mean, I say cool. We're still a financial services company, but if you're investing ten dollars and we say, hey, we made you this great allocation, we say five percent should be in emerging markets. We can literally give you fifty cents in emerging markets. We can deal with okay. these micro investments because we use fractional shares down to the six decimal places. There are really only two companies that are doing this right now. And we're one of them. And that's freaking cool to me in that, you know, before, even if you're a wealthy investor, you, you have to put 10 grand away at a time or otherwise all the trading fees just eat into it so substantially. With us, you know, we processed over a million trades in the 
uh, last quarter, and it's all completely free because of the algorithm that we've built to handle that volume of transactions. And so all of our clients are the beneficiary of it that this enormous process is going on in the background. It's almost like a, a personal trainer where you don't even have to go to the gym. It's all just kind of happening in the background for you. It's a good one. <laughs> our marketing guy came up with that. It wasn't me. Um, so you, you said a couple times that it's free. Yeah. But you're a business. So <laughs> how, how does it, how do you guys make, make money? Sure. So if you think about what people need in their financial lives, we really believe everyone needs this, right? If you were to come to our website, you'll see the slogan going across it saying, investing should be a right, not a privilege. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to turn this into a right. Right now, it almost feels like a privilege just because of the way the industry has been. Um, for a lot of people, a lot of our clients, you know, if you're 35 or under or for some investors, you don't have access to anything like this right now before we came along. So we're trying to make this into a, a right that everyone should have. And this is a basis for most people's portfolios, whether you're saving for retirement or rainy day fund or your kid's college education, you will use this for that okay. portion of it. Um, but then as you grow in your financial lives and you need more, more complicated products, more complicated advice, we're going to grow with you. So we have a concierge service. What, where we grow and we figure out what financial problems or challenges are you facing, um, whether it, it may be you have more complicated portfolios, now you have a family, um, whatever it may be, and we come up with a financial solution for that. And those products and will be like a piece. consulting. Uh, so that's that's one potential product, but really it's it's products like maybe your you need uh, your taxes prepared this year because your financial life has gotten more complicated. Uh, you guys might be independent contractors. Things things get a little more hectic, okay. um, and so we can facilitate that for you. All right on Wise Banyan, we can have a tax prepare, prepare taxes. They upload all your documents. You sign off on them. That's and you pay a fee for that. So we think it's very similar to free checking accounts for college students. Yeah. I mean, I got a Bank of America card. I probably have a few other products through Bank of America at this point, but that checking account was always free, and we really, I mean. Essentially, we feel like the industry has been charging a fee for something for too long and they've kind of gotten away with it because no one's uh, either innovated in a significant way to automate it um, and no one's really pushed the boundary of it. And so one of the cool things I think we're doing is we're kind of jabbing them in the eye almost and saying, hey, you know what, this is really an automated process and the fact that you guys are charging people thousands of dollars a year for this is silly. Um, it can be a lot cheaper and we can reach a lot more people because uh, we can bring the, the minimums down significantly. So do you 100% rely on the algorithm to make the decisions or does the human element come in at a certain point? So we design the portfolios. Uh, Vicky and I and our investment team design the portfolios every year. We use a few tools, uh, modern portfolio theory and then a, a more complex way of saying is mean variance optimization, which is kind of best thinking for how you diversify a portfolio. And we design those and we obviously use tools for that computing power to do that. And then we use the algorithm to keep everyone on track. So periodically we meet as an investment committee, decide these portfolios ranging all the way from the safest to the most return seeking. And then the algorithm makes sure everyone stays right in line with those. Any of their dividends are reinvested, any deposits go back into those. Wow. So let's talk a little bit about um, the regulatory environment. What is it like <laughs> building a business in in this space? I think there are, there are definitely a lot of challenges building a business in this space. If you, I think Herbert mentioned it a little while ago, where we're, we're poking the giants in the eye, right? The giants are these huge banks that a lot of us 
um, use, but are not real. you know, we don't have the grace. Yeah, yeah. Begrudgingly <laughs> is, is probably a good way of saying it. Um, those are giants we're kind of poking in the eye and the regulatory environment is very, very entrenched as are these players. And I think that's part of the reason why there hasn't been very much innovation that's been happening in this space. Um, if you look at how things are done, it's been the status quo for a while. And a lot of companies and business models like sticking to that status quo because it, okay. it's worked for them and they think it'll keep working for them. Um, but we always use the word millennials. A lot of millennials are using all these products very begrudgingly. They want a faster solution, one that integrates with, with their electronic lives. They don't understand why they have to go and go into a branch to do all these things, even stuff like that. So that's what we're really trying to disrupt. We're trying to make everyone's lives easier, give access. Um, but the regulatory environment, Herbert deals with it a lot more. It's very, very, uh, it's, it's like a gigantic maze and puzzle that has all these doors that have been built over time. I mean, I'll always a little more bluntly. It's uh, it's very, very frustrating and time consuming. And the, the the part of the frustration, I think, and the regulators might share this is all these laws have been constructed with the best intent in mind, um, but then technology has moved so much uh, more quickly, and they never kind of envisioned something like this. So even, I mean, we look at regulation that says you have to keep all your clients. Uh, uh, personal financial data in a locked filing cabinet and like say where it is in your office. And that's a great idea if you have a hundred clients, but when you're adding thousands of clients a month, it be, I mean, how big can the filing cabinet be? Um, so it's, it's things like that. So we have two entities. One is a registered investment advisor, which initially we had to register across 17 different states, all with their own different regulator. Um, now we have a federal regist- registration for that. And then a broker dealer um, that's uh, registered nationally. So, uh, and also with all the individual states. So it's, it's an interesting patchwork that we navigate between federal and state regulators. Um, and it's definitely, it's definitely been really daunting as we're a startup, but we also kind of get treated in the same way that larger financial institutions that have teams of lawyers to, to work on this stuff. It, it's daunting, but, um, I think one thing that we've tried to do is is maintain good relationships, be patient, realize that everyone's sort of everyone's main motivation is creating better, safer financial markets, and with a little bit of patience, we can kind of work through a lot of stuff. So, um, I mean, we often talk about how cheap it is to start a business today. Yeah. Can you <laughs> give us any insight? Like, if someone was going to come and right. and open in this market, how much do you have to raise, or how much capital do you have to have just to get off the Around. Well, it's it's money and then it's time too. Okay. So, I mean, I hold these. I hold five series exams. Vicky holds three series exams. They're FINRA licensing requirements, and I mean, we have people downstairs that hold those as well. The, the study time for those is supposed to be like a month or two months each. Um, we kind of jammed them all together and got through it. But it's a broker dealer application will take you at least six months. Uh, uh, SEC registered investment advisor will take you at least six months. So, and then on top of that, filing fees aren't cheap. I mean, we pay uh, over $50,000 kind of all in for just, just to submit paperwork to each of the states and things like that on top of consulting fees. So it, it adds up really quickly. I, I guess like, a, sorry, I, I mean, without getting too specific on our cost structure, I yeah. feel like it's almost double for us what it would be if we weren't in this industry. Right. And it's, but the good thing is investors who are interested in this industry are cognizant of that. And they understand that you're not just asking for a large check to pay yourselves. And on top of all that, do you have to pay to even get access to the stock data? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do. Um, there are a few other companies that are trying to make that uh, a little bit cheaper, but we, we do. We pay a pretty hefty monthly price for access to that stock data. And then if we want historical data, we pay more for that as well. Yeah, but the good news in that and, and and something we've learned from experience is that luckily in the different parts of industry, there are a lot of companies that are working very hard from a very tech perspective too, right? They're trying to open source things, they're creating APIs. Mm-hmm. And so one thing we found was really helpful is before we jump into any other area to look for a solution that's built by a company with a very similar mentality to us, right? So if it's if they have an API, it makes our lives easier and they have the same ethos as us as trying to improve it and always having a better product. So that's something we, we kind of learned over time, you know, to look for those solution providers that are really cutting edge the way we, we try to be too. So um, on the, the regulatory side, um, this is fascinated by it, but do you guys feel, we're always trying to break down these barriers, yeah. but um, where do you guys stand on, um, on the productivity of these regulations? Like, is it yeah. good to have it, a right. six-month waiting period or, or application process sure. to get in to handle people's money? Yeah. Or is that something that, that should really be redone and that's, rethought? That's a really interesting question, I guess. I guess like where I come down on it is the six month period seems way out of like, it, it should just be shorter. And I think all the regulators would be happier if it was shorter too, because essentially I, I would imagine they feel somewhat understaffed. They see a lot of applications. They're working very hard to do it as well. Um, but I do very much come down on, uh, I mean, we're dealing with millions of dollars in people's life savings and I don't want kind of anyone just jumping into this with the laptop because then if that blows up, we all kind of look bad. It's almost like the you know Madoff effect for hedge funds. If no one wants to invest in your fund simply right. because of other bad actors, um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of it. I'm a huge fan of regulation. Um, I don't know what you thought, Vicky. I think one thing is that the the technology has changed, right? So the great example that her brought up earlier about the filing cabinets, mm-hmm. we've seen that in all these different areas where they want paper reports, or it's just something that doesn't work for the type of companies we are anymore. And it's very difficult because we're going back to them and saying something along the lines of, we have all this data encrypted in a server, we can give you uh, encrypted feeds, we can secure it for you. And from their end, they're saying, what are we doing with these servers? We don't normally work with those (laughs) either. And so it's sort of, we're we're in two very different worlds now, and it's trying to get those worlds to... Uh, overlap, and that I feel like is very difficult. So it's less about the regulation yeah. and more about just updating to the time so that you could deliver a secure packet to um, the government and, and it would be accepted. Right, 100%. I mean, it's almost like, I mean, uh, I feel like a lot of industries went through this. I mean, music with copyright mm-hmm. infringements, and, and I mean, you hear all the time regulation hasn't kept up with the pace of technology, and I, and I feel like it's coming to a head a little bit in financial services. Okay. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know, one kind of funny story that Vicky and I had to fly out to New York and be interviewed along with one other guy. Uh, we all have to sit down and they, they like look you in the eye and they want to talk to you as a person and meet you, which kind of makes me feel good because I guess, you know, not anybody could go in there, but then it's, it's, we're putting on suits and stuff like that, which we wore in a former life, but it feels like very false almost in a way that we're putting on this, you know, we're, we're putting a good face on our company. Not that like this face isn't very good, but we're right. we're a financial and technology company. But they view us strictly as a financial company, which okay. is understandable, I think, from their position. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's fascinating, and it it takes companies like you guys to 
I guess make them re-regulate or make them rewrite the rules sure. to work with you. So that's that's pretty awesome. Um, so where do we keep up with you guys? How do you sign up for for Wise Banyan online? Sure. So you come to our website. It's wisebanyan.com. Um, wise because we're trying to be smart with people's money. We're helping you be smart, so we have to be wise. Okay. And then Banyan, <laughs> uh, Banyan like the tree. I don't know if you guys have seen the Banyan tree, but it looks like they they grow to be enormous and they kind of look like willow trees. And as they grow, their branches come down and they turn to roots. And the tree gets even bigger. So the idea is we're helping you plant these financial seeds. And over time, you'll be able to plant your own seeds and have grow. Um, cool. So come to wiseband.com. You can put in your name. There's a wait list on, on there right now. Okay. Uh, but there's it's really easy to get off the wait list. If you refer a few people to the wait list, then you get invite right away. Or if you know a client or you know one of your friends' family is a client, which a lot of people, it's happening a lot more now, they can send that, send you an invite and okay. you can come in and start signing up for an account. It takes, I think, 10 minutes to sign up. Very cool. Or you can email me, herbert.more at wiseband.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, send you, I'll send you an invite. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. And make sure to check out our app discount section where we feature discounts from amazing companies like Treehouse, Wistia, Woo Themes, all giving you exclusive discounts for being a Rocket Ship listener. So go to rocketship.fm forward slash essentials. City, how much do you love me? I saw a sunrise on a crumbling skyline. By the time the sun set, you knew I was not safe. Just how much do you love me? You had a